Edward Hall, welcome back to Chicago. Thank you. Great to be back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, co-artistic director of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 18th year, number 896, CST's Edward Hall. Edward Hall is the new artistic director of the Chicago Shakespeare Theater, and this week opens his new production of Richard III, starring the Tony Award-nominated actor and double amputee Paralympian medal-winning athlete Katie Sullivan in the title role. Edward Hall memorably directed Rose Rage 20 years ago at Chicago Shakes, his adaptation of Shakespeare's Henry VI trilogy, and is also the founding artistic director of Propeller Theatre in the UK. So I began our conversation by asking him about the factors that went into his decision to begin his tenure as Chicago Shakes' new artistic director with Richard III. What is the impulse to direct Richard III as your first production as Chicago Shakespeare's new artistic director? Is it because you want to bring that ensemble-driven physicality from Propeller Theater, which you ran in England, to Chicago? Or is it because you found such a perfect actor in Katie Sullivan to play the role and you just want to jump in and explore that? Well, a mixture of both, really. I mean, I, I've always approached Shakespeare um, in a by creating a physical ensemble to story make, whether it's been with Propeller or whether it's been at the Royal Shakespeare Company or whether it's actually I directed Richard III once in Tokyo years ago in Japanese. That was a that was a very different experience. But I mean, let me just unpack your question. Um, first of all, I had no idea this was going to be my first production as artistic director because I actually. Um, the genesis of this particular work goes back to 2019 when I worked with Katie Sullivan at Hampstead Theatre, which I was then running in London, and she was starring in The Cost of Living, and we were doing the British premiere of Martina Miles' Pulitzer play, um, and uh, Katie was starring opposite Adrian Lester in that, and after a week of rehearsing with this extraordinary woman, I thought I wanted to do Richard III with her. And it is a play I've done before I come, I mean, I'd be fortunate to have directed many of Shakespeare's plays, and I do go back to them because they're endlessly fascinating, endlessly intriguing, and endlessly relevant in different ways. And so I, I really enjoy going back to these plays and reinvestigating them. I think, I think, I hope I get better at them the more I do them. But certainly in this instance, it was driven in 2019 by meeting this extraordinary actress and um, ringing up Barbara Gaines and saying, I've got to do this play with this woman. And Barbara said, of course, yes, absolutely, we have to do that. And then that thing got in the way that we don't like to talk about anymore, which sort of rather paused things for a bit. And I think then we set the schedule for, for these days about two years ago. So at that point, I didn't know Barbara was leaving. I didn't know I was putting my hat in the ring. And I didn't know I'd be lucky enough to be selected to, to um, you know, be the next artistic director of Chicago Shakespeare Theatre. So all of that is a sort of happy accident. But essentially, it was driven for me by the actor and wanting to go back to the play and look at this play that is this sort of extraordinary mix of 
your Game of Thrones and Succession. It's it's domestic. It's a thriller. It's about power. It's epic. It's about it's set in a time when uh, of division, when people were not discussing things properly. There was no gray areas. You were either for an issue or you were against it. Um, people were fighting behind each other's backs, and occasionally things were exploding in public. And in the middle of this, there's this there's this man who's been ostracized all of his life who's been told he's different he's the devil he's he's disabled he's people point at him all the time and he has found it incredibly difficult moving through the world with that kind of abuse and he uses that um it in order to um to dupe people because they underestimate firstly they underestimate him mm. and secondly he plays on um, their greed and ambition, which blind them to what he's doing. So it's quite, as in all Shakespeare's plays, it's quite a complex play because the bad people don't present themselves in the way we kind of maybe comfortably like them to. You know, we like to know that our bad guys are bad. They were just like, we can see that. But they present themselves in very different ways, particularly Richard. He's almost like a vaudevillian. He's a charming, he's an entertainer, he's witty, but he does terrible things. And like many of Shakespeare's, um, you know, darker anti-heroes, if you like, in the end, he, he kind of dies this extraordinarily heroic death, um, like the Scottish king who we don't like to mention. Um, and I'm really interested in that, that, those contradictions and those mixes, particularly now when we are struggling with huge questions about how we live, how we treat each other, um, how we um, heal division within our communities and the world in which we live. Um, and this play illuminates that kind of um, environment and in in a, in a really lucid and visionary way, and I, I, I think sadly it's endlessly relevant. But but un underneath it, it is extraordinarily entertaining. I think is probably the the, the big word I'd use. Um, strangely enough, and an entertaining story about a mass murderer. I mean, only Shakespeare could write that, right? Well, and I love that you mentioned both uh, succession and anti-heroes, you know, an yeah. anti-hero, an archetype that arguably Shakespeare invented and or popularized. Um, uh, <clears throat> we watch these monsters because they are darkly comic and powerful and we're drawn to them. And yet in Richard III, anyway, uh, Shakespeare gives us the catharsis of seeing our bad guy um, get what's coming to him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you, you do, and, and I, but also particularly with Katie playing this part. I mean, she is putting her body on the line like you wouldn't believe. She is an amazing athlete, and this performance, I think, of what she's doing, I for for me shows the world not what people like her can't do, but what they can do actually. And I I started from the point with Katie was saying, look, you have to remember the real Richard was a warrior. He was a veteran of many battles in the Wars of the Roses. He grew up as a kid in a martial society, in a martial world. However he moved, and we know he had a, a scoliosis because we found his skeleton underneath a car park in, in the Midlands in Leicester. Um, we know he had scoliosis, but however he moved through the world, he worked out how to 
how to move pretty effectively on the battlefield. So you need to start from there and sort of work backwards. So what she's done, I mean, she used, she she uses every manifestation of her body in order to express different parts of Richard's character at different moments, depending on how he wants to present to the world in which he lives. And so it it, it really does to me start to feel, firstly, like the play was written for her. Mm. And secondly, I think it... It illuminates um, why he has become the person he has become, because part of his, you know, a large part of his life experiences, he's been ostracized, um, abused, um, and reminded constantly about how he's different probably a child of the devil. His mother doesn't have a relationship with him. His father did, but his father treated him as Richard, and he was very close to his father, but his father died in the Wars of the Roses. So he's left in this world at the beginning of the play that is celebrating victory and all good times, and the only person who can't do it is him, and he's been at the centre of, of, of it all, and he's one of the main reasons why the Yorkists won. He was prepared to do the dirty work, and there is his brother on the throne marrying someone he shouldn't, bringing a whole family into the boardroom, if you like, that, that don't have a right to be there, um, just like succession. And um, everything is, 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 is falling, everyone's celebrating around Richard, and he's left out in the cold. So having, having someone like Katie play the part also helps, on, helps you, I think, understand the psychopathy of this of this character, if you like. And so it doesn't just become a, you know, an external study of a narcissistic sociopath. You actually get under the skin of the character. You understand what it's like to look at the world through Richard's eyes in many different, from many different perspectives. And I think that's just not, that's not only because of um, Katie's, uh, uh, how her body is, but it's, it's also, um, because of her genius as an actor. And I should stress that as well. She is such a brilliant actor. I mean, she was Tony nominated last year, quite quite rightly, for for um for cost of living. But um she is an extraordinary, um brave, complex, witty, um, athletic performer and 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 a great company leader. So it is going to be an extraordinary thing to watch her playing this part. I I can sort of I don't usually say that as a director because I feel slightly like, well, I shouldn't be saying that. I'll let the audience decide because um, I would think that, wouldn't I? Because I'm directing it. But I was saying, it, 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 is, it, it, it is, I think, going to be a, a, a real one-off experience watching her do this. Hi, I'm Kate Powers, founder and star baker at the Redeeming Time Project. And you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged next month at Hillsdale College and the Dogwood Center for the Performing Arts in Michigan on March 21st and 23rd and the American Theatre in Hampton, Virginia on April 12th, and the Hilton Performing Arts Center in Fairfax, Virginia on April 13th, 2024. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our social media pages for venue and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Edward Hall, the new artistic director of the Chicago Shakespeare Theatre and director of Chicago Shakespeare's new production of Richard III, which opens this week. (laughs) 
Katie's an amazing actor and also a medal-winning athlete. And and this physicality that you're talking about, I, 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 I can't wait to see the production, to see this physicality of, the, of her and the entire ensemble make Shakespeare's language come to physical life. You know, it, that, that sort of... It, rather than having actors par- stand and stand and shout, park and bark, um, yeah. uh, 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 activating Shakespeare's dramatic poetry is always such a great challenge and a reward for audiences leaving their house and streaming services and coming to the theater. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I, I think that too. I always say to the company um, when we're working, I say like, if you say it, how can we show it? How can we use the visual tools at our disposal in the modern indoor theatre that Shakespeare didn't have to illuminate his stories? I mean, I, I'm very much about trying to bring the plays down to the same eye level as the audience. I like my audience not to have had to have read the play, read the programme, know anything about the play, actually. I say to myself and my actors, right, they're just walking in off the street, they're sitting down, you know, there's a couple there, one doesn't want to be there, one does, you know, we don't... who knows? But we have this disparate group of people at the beginning of an evening, and our job is just right straight out the traps, is to engage them with this 400-year-old play in a way that makes them feel like it was written yesterday. Um, and I, I, I certainly, we, we, we try and visualise, I give a lot of visual energy to um, to the work, and, and also concentrate very hard on, on the verse speaking, which when it's done well should be light and quick. Um, iambic is the most natural rhythm of, of speech, you know, it's just a dun, 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 dun. And if everyone does it in the right way, it does start to sound like naturalistic um, speech, not like a sort of archaic verse thing. Um, it really does. And so we work very, very hard on that as a company. And I think American, the music of the many different musical tunes that the American language plays, depending on where you're from, actually, for me, and I, I, can I, I I think I directed my first Shakespeare about 20, 25 years ago. Um, the music of the American language really fits the verse to me. Um, English is quite flat. And America tends to be just more interesting to listen to. So I've been really enjoying working with the ensemble of Chicago actors that, that I've been lucky enough to get for Richard. And I, I, I think... I think this production will also showcase the spirit of Chicago ensemble acting that tradition in this town and and show the depth of talent that, that is here. Um, there's no such thing as a small part in a Shakespeare play. Every part is important. Every part has to hit the bullseye. And there's real depth in this company. Um, and they all work so closely together to create an experience for the audience. So, you know, they're, they're, they're all, they're on stage all the time, pretty much all of them. They're singing live, they're, you know, physicalizing the whole show, they're part of the scenes when they're not playing characters. So, um, you know, they work uh, very hard. We've we've been in a rehearsal room together as a company every minute of every day. It's um, We've all been together for the entire process doing that. And I, I found, the um this company and i'm sure this represents you know this the spirit of a chicago of chicago ensemble if you like when when i said to them look the beginning um what does an ensemble mean well it means actually that you need to look you need to be outward looking not inward looking you know i i 
I want you to think about how you can make things better for everyone else around you. And if you work like that all the time, you'll find when it comes to your turn and you want to take a risk and you want to do something in a scene or in a moment that you've got this incredible support mechanism behind you to help you do that. And um, everybody, like, they, they just got that in a heartbeat. And, um, and that was it. So it's been a, it's been a really um, creative rehearsal process, actually. That is a, a, a wonderfully Chicago ethos, a born of improv, which is the goal of which is to make your partner look better. Yes. I can't wait to see the production. I'm so thrilled to get to talk to you. I'll just, I'll just ask the final most important question is, since you've been back to Chicago, have you been over to Mr. Beef and gotten an Italian beef sandwich courtesy of the bear? Yes, I have. I, I'm a huge fan of the bear. And um, when my daughter was here um, at Christmas uh, over the holiday period, she actually went out there and, and got got some sandwiches. She came in and had lunch with me at the theatre, clutching these these Mr. Beefs. And it was just, yeah, it was great. She says that. It's just great. It's like the blokes, they're in there, they're serving it up, and it's all dripping with stuff, and it's just, it's Chicago. Um, so yes, I have, and enjoyed it very much. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Edward Hall's production of Richard III, starring Tony Award-nominated actor and Paralympian athlete Katie Sullivan in the title role, opens this week and runs until March 3rd, 2024. Go to chicagoshakes.com for more information. Then send us your impressive athleticism via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. Or throw a comment to us over on the socials or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. You can also follow Chicago Shakespeare on Twitter and Instagram, at Chicago Shakes. Thanks, as always, to Bottled Spider Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Captain James Flint. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Edward Hall for speaking with me, especially because due to a recording glitch, totally my fault, we had to go back and record it again. Special thanks also to director and Shakespearean Kate Powers. Find out more about her work teaching life skills to the incarcerated and formerly incarcerated at redeeming-time.org. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 896-2688ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Congratulations on the show. Congratulations on the appointment. Um, thank and, and thank you so much for not only doing this, but doing it twice. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. This podcast is a production of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.